Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Easter. If you could turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15, just before we read our Bibles together. I'm sure that you will all say it with me when I say that He has risen. (laughs) He has risen indeed. You see, for me, Easter is a time of such joy. All of my memories of Easter are fun and laughter, playing soccer with my friends after church, Easter egg hunts, and so much chocolate all in celebration of what we believe to be true, that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and that He is our God, King, and Savior. Now let's read from verses 1 to 11. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, and if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, Otherwise, you would have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and by His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what I preach, this is what we preach, And this is what you believed. Happy Resurrection Sunday. What a marvellous day of celebration this is for all who believe in Jesus. Death has been defeated. The grave is overcome. Our faith is not in vain because we serve a risen and reigning Lord. The resurrection of Jesus speaks to our deepest human yearnings. It's about bringing back that which is dead back to life. It's about bringing hope into the midst of hopelessness, peace into the midst of conflict, and joy into the midst of despair. This Easter, especially in light of all that's happening with COVID-19, we can take comfort in one unchanging rock-solid truth. Jesus offers us a fullness of life, both here and now, irrespective of our circumstances, both now and into eternity. Whether life for you is currently one of success, despair, or just ordinary, you can discover the person of Jesus this Easter, the hope, joy, and fullness of life he offers in the midst of our circumstances. The resurrection brings us to the very heart of the Christian faith and what it's all about. At its core, Christianity is good news about a person and an event. Of course, the person I'm speaking of is Jesus, and the event I refer to is his resurrection. Today's Bible reading comes from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, written approximately 20 or so years after the actual resurrection event occurred. 
Paul, once a determined opposer turned convert, is writing to a church he had planted in response to a variety of questions they had for him. And one of those questions was around the validity of bodily resurrection. You see, in the ancient world, it was almost universally accepted that there was life after death. The point of contention, however, was around bodily resurrection as opposed to some type of disembodied soul-type existence. In chapter 15, Paul presents arguments for the certainty of the bodily resurrection followed by the nature of resurrection bodies. His main point being that because Christ overcame death and was resurrected in a recognisable bodily form, so too will all who die in him. In verses 3 to 4, which are said to be one of the earliest creeds or confessions of the Christian faith, we find a key text for the defence of Christianity and what lies at its heart. Let me read it again. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Before Paul states the creed, he explains that this gospel right from the very start has been received and then passed on. Paul is only repeating what had first been shared with him. Like this football I've just caught, I will now pass it on. The football does not change. I've experienced the football. I've held it in my hands. I'm now in the game and my role is to pass it on to the next person untampered. The message I received, I'm simply passing on, Paul says. It's not a complex message either. In fact, it's very straightforward, consisting of three parts. Number one, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. If Christ did not die, then our sins have not been forgiven. Our debt has not been paid, and we live in false hope. However, Christ, as the sinless Son of God, did die taking the punishment of sin so that all who believe can have their sins removed. Paul intentionally uses the title Christ, meaning Saviour, the promised anointed one who had been prophesied from times of old. That Christ died disputes the claim that he merely passed out or fainted and somehow recovered in the tomb. It also speaks of his genuine humanity according to the Scriptures, attests to the fact that what happened to Christ at Calvary had been foretold, either specific chapters like the suffering servant in Isaiah 52 and 53 could have been in mind, as well as the fact that early Christian writers saw all of Scripture as pointing toward Christ. Two, he was buried. By stating that Christ was buried is another way of confirming his death. He really died. It wasn't a prank or a staged event. Many have tried to disprove the actual death of Jesus, but Jesus did in fact die and he was buried in a tomb. Three, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus didn't stay dead. He was raised permanently forever. His father raised him from the dead on the third day, Friday afternoon to Sunday morning in Jewish reckoning of time. The resurrection highlights the absolute deity of Christ. There you have it. The all-important news about a person and the event. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again on the third day according to what the Scriptures had already predicted would happen. Now, there was, have been, 
and will always be people who deny this story. And to be honest, that seems fair enough because what we are dealing with here is nothing short of the miraculous. However, God is in the business of the miraculous. Nothing is impossible for God. In verses 5 to 8, Paul assures us that there were many witnesses to Christ's resurrection, adding real and critical evidence to his message. Let's read those verses again. Verse 5. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. The resurrected Jesus appeared to Peter, or Cephas, as he was also known, who would go on to become the key leader of the Jewish church. He appeared to the 12 apostles, the original followers of Jesus. He appeared to more than 500 Christian believers, many who were still alive at the time of writing, although Paul admits that some had died. He is effectively saying to his original audience, investigate this for yourselves by seeking out an eyewitness. Jesus appeared to James, his half-brother, who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. However, after seeing the resurrected Christ, became a believer and went on to become a prominent leader in the Jerusalem church. Jesus appeared to all the apostles and finally to Paul himself. The sheer number of witnesses and numerous occasions on which Christ appeared post-resurrection is offered by Paul to rule out the possibility that some were just experiencing a hallucination. Just as Parliament this week passed the $130 billion JobKeeper legislation designed to keep workers in their jobs, the resurrection of Jesus is like heaven passing a permanent LifeKeeper bill. The benefit of such a bill means not only support, guidance, purpose, forgiveness, acceptance and unconditional love for life here and now, but assurance of life beyond the grave into all eternity. All people are eligible to receive this benefit, but in order to do so, one must apply, and you do so by believing. John three sixteen and 17 famously says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Salvation comes from believing the gospel that Christ died for our sins, was buried and raised on the third day according to the scriptures. In Romans 10, 9 to 10, Paul couldn't make this point any clearer. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved saved. On this Resurrection Sunday, place your trust in the resurrected Jesus and receive the incredible gift of salvation that he offers to you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this glorious day, Resurrection Sunday, where we celebrate that Jesus is not dead. The tomb is empty. He is alive. Thank you, Lord, that because Jesus is alive, we can experience life in all of its fullness, both here now on earth 
and also into eternity when we place our trust in you. Father God, I pray for each person who is watching this this morning, that you would touch their hearts in a special way and cause each one, Lord, to respond to you in faith and trust, believing, Jesus, that you are Lord and becoming a recipient of the wonderful gift of forgiveness and grace and life, both now and eternal, that you offer. We celebrate you today, Jesus. We love you and we give you thanks for all you've done. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.